Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, James Collins and his guest, Jeff Kinley, are ready to bring clarity to the chaos as they discover God's great reset planned for planet Earth and humanity. And then a little later, Greg Patton will be living in today's world. There are so many ways to access Watchmen on the Wall. On the radio, on our website, swrc.com. You can also subscribe to our daily podcast or download our SWRC app. All of these ways ensure you'll never miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. As we begin a brand new week together, I want to say thank you to those of you who have become faithful friends. It is so encouraging to know that individuals and families are joining alongside us with monthly financial support. We need your help today. Would you please consider partnering with us by giving a monthly gift and becoming a faithful friend of Watchmen on the Wall? Call 1-800-652-1144 today and learn about the exciting benefits of becoming a faithful friend. 1-800-652-1144 or click on the Faithful Friends section of our website to get all the details. SWRC.com and click on Faithful Friends. And to all of our first-time friends listening today, make sure you request your free new listener pack. Inside, you'll find the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer and a free gift. The new listener pack is our way of saying welcome to Watchmen on the Wall. Request your free new listener pack today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Do current events point to the Antichrist and his worldwide empire? Author and Bible teacher Jeff Kinley joins James Collins to answer this question and to uncover the global reset that is happening around the world today. You and I are witnessing the rapid rise of the globalist agenda that's been steadily moving society towards a one-world government. This movement is called the Great Reset. Maybe you've heard it spoken from the mouths of tech billionaires, environmentalists, and politicians like President Joe Biden. Ever since COVID-19 took the world by storm, the globalists have ramped up their Great Reset. Most would have to admit life today is quite different than it was a mere two years ago, and the change is accelerating at a breathtaking pace. Joining me today to talk about the Great Reset is Jeff Kinley. Jeff is a Bible teacher, conference speaker, and the best-selling author of over 30 books. One of those books is one that he co-wrote with Mark Hitchcock titled Global Reset. Jeff, welcome back to the program. James, great to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, hey, let's talk about Global Reset. Jeff, I've read a lot of your books over the years, but I think this book might be your best. It's eye-opening. And I want to start with the basics. Who is Klaus Schwab, and what is the World Economic Forum? Klaus Schwab is a former German professor, but he founded an organization back in 1971 called the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, which is where they've been meeting for the past 50 years. And basically what he's done, James, is he has gathered the world's global elites. We're talking presidents, premiers, prime ministers, heads of world banks, other notable billionaires in the world, and they all come together every year in this tiny little sleepy town called Davos, Switzerland, 
and they gather for the purpose of discussing how they can reshape the whole planet. In other words, they want to completely, fundamentally reset planet Earth and make it in their own image according to their own agenda. Well, you write that the COVID-19 pandemic was a gift to the globalists. Would you elaborate on that statement? Yeah, and it's really based upon one of the things that Klaus Schwab has said was that the COVID-19 pandemic presented a rare but narrow opportunity to reset the world. In other words, they want to use the crisis of this global pandemic to be able to address issues in the world that they think are fundamentally wrong. And so by getting the whole world revolving around this one crisis, they can slip in different areas of their agenda to be able to implement this great reset, they call, and to make the world more like they want it to be. Jeff, with stores being closed and everyone being forced to shop online and with people not wanting to touch money for fear of germs and viruses, hasn't COVID pushed the world closer to a cashless society? Well, it really has. In fact, what's very interesting is that when the pandemic hit, Amazon braced itself to have record losses. In fact, they predicted they would lose about $2 billion, I think, in the first quarter of 2020. What happened was they made twice as much Mm -hmm. as that in the first quarter. Their sales just exponentially increased because I don't know if this was an intended effect or not, but it certainly did accelerate the whole digital economy really worldwide. In fact, I read a stat here last week where India has about 72% of its transactions are done digitally, which was surprising to me because I, I don't usually think of India being that digitally connected. But worldwide and here in America, it's well over half of all transactions now are digital. And part of that, I think, has to do with the fact that they colored money as being dirty, can carry viruses and all these things. So they implanted this whole idea of fear in people's minds so that they would move, I think, more towards a digital economy. Of course, in order for Antichrist to be able to reign over the world economy, it's going to have to be in a digital format. Isn't going cashless, Jeff, really all about control? It is, and that's really the bottom line. It's not about, oh, it's more convenient. It's not about it'll decrease theft or increase your security. In the end, it's all about control because when we go digital, then that means everything can be tracked. And if it can be tracked, that means it can be traced back to your purchasing desires and wants and needs and that type of thing. If you, for example, happen to frequent a place that the government considers to be homophobic or against equality or something like that, then the government then could simply pass an edict or an executive order that says we can throttle your account back or cause you to not spend any money anymore. Perhaps they want to stop you from giving money to your church if they don't like what your church stands for. If you think about it, if someone has control over the economy and that someone happens to have an agenda which is very anti-Christ-like or anti-Christian, then certainly what they'll do is just simply implement their own desires in that economy. And essentially what they've done in social media with the cancel culture, they'll do economically. They'll cancel you economically and throttle back your ability to spend And eventually, that's where it really hits people and gets their attention. Now, Jeff, even though the COVID vaccines are not the mark of the beast, don't you think that that whole situation was a way to prepare for the future beast system that we see during the tribulation? Yeah, I think what it did was it really just was a sort of a grooming technique. It was a global grooming technique. It was conditioning mankind to respond to a crisis with fear. 
then the government comes in, offers a solution that we obviously know now was not a solution all along, but it conditioned them to accept something and to trade in certain freedoms to get certain benefits back from a governing body. And so in that sense, I think it really has sort of conditioned planet Earth. If you think about it, I mean, there are people right now still taking vaccines. There are people right now still wearing masks. If the next global crisis hits, no matter what it is, now people have learned, well, if I just do what the government tells me to do, I can get certain benefits back from that, and I have a sense of emotional security as well by taking whatever quote-unquote vaccine or any other sort of panacea that the government might offer. I read this article before our interview, Jeff, that said Klaus Schwab actually said that the world could find salvation at Davos in 2022. What are your thoughts on that statement? They believe that the solutions they have to offer the world will essentially fix what they see are all the wrongs and injustices in the world. For example, they believe that the world is destroying the planet, and so one of their primary pillars in their agenda is climate change and battling climate change. Of course, what that essentially means to the average person is they want to control what you drive, how much you drive. They want to control how much electricity you use. They want to control how much meat you consume. Another area is the area of equality. They think that the world is in a state of mass inequality in terms of economic inequality, and so they want to lower the playing field and essentially make everybody be the same, and that's classic socialism. What they're not telling people is that the global elites will not be a part of that mass economy. They're going to still make the money. In fact, Klaus Schwab himself has made over $100 million from doing this World Economic Forum. And even at the forum itself, when you pay like over $60,000 to come and be a part of it, there's still a separate level of the forum that you can't get into that the real global elites are a part of. So you can't go to a meeting and hang out with Bill Gates or with Joe Biden or any of these other elites that have attended in the past. So even at their own conference here, they're not practicing what they preach. They fly there on these jets, you know, supposedly destroying the environment with all these hundreds of private jets. So it's hypocritical, but at the same time, the agenda that they have, they really do believe that they're going to bring a sense of global salvation, make the planet more green, make people more equal, make everybody the same economically. And that's the way we bring about a happy earth. And in the end, of course, we know that they will want to have one person to reign over this global governance system that they're proposing. And the Bible says it's going to be the Antichrist. Jeff, isn't climate change sort of a religion for these globalists? Well, essentially what they do, and they even say this, you can go on their website where they talk about the fact that they want to serve Mother Earth. So the idea is that instead of following the scriptural mandate and the scriptural description of man being a co-regent with God over creation, God gave man dominion over the animal kingdom and over the world, they want to reverse that. Of course, that's, that's a classic what Satan does. He always parrots and mimics and distorts what God puts in his word. But yeah, so what they do is they serve the earth. And so if your purpose in life is to reorder your life in order to bow down to what you believe will help save the planet, then essentially that becomes your religion. Jeff, I'm sort of amazed that the globalists don't hide their agenda at all. They're out front and open with it, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And I think one of the things that we're seeing right now is that Satan is really beginning to feel emboldened. And I think one of the reasons why is because he knows it's the last days. He doesn't have the specific timetable that God has. He doesn't know when these things are going to take place. But right now, they're just blatant. Just like we see in America with certain 
immorality. They're so proud of what they're doing, they're not even hiding it, because the voice of reason, the voice of logic, the voice of common sense, the voice of morality and decency has been so squelched worldwide, and particularly in our country, that when you speak up against these things, you sound like a lone voice in the wilderness. And so they gain really the momentum, and when you gain momentum, you can be more bold in what you're propagating. So I think that's part of it. This is James Collins, and my guest today on The Watchman on the Wall is author Jeff Kinley. We're talking about Global Reset, a book that he co-wrote with Mark Hitchcock. You can order a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number, once again, is 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online at swrc.com. Now, Jeff, what do you say to those who say that you and I are crazy and that this is nothing but conspiracy theory? Well, I would say one thing. It is a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. Right. The way that we know that is because basically all of this information is out in the open. They're not hiding it. They want to reset the earth. They want to destroy capitalism. They want to make people into, they call them stakeholders, but essentially what they mean by that is everyone contributes to the global collective. They want to bring about the immoral equality that the Bible speaks against. They want us to serve the earth. So none of these things are being hidden. We're just simply using their own words. But ironically and really prophetically, James, what we do is we look back in the Scripture and we see these are the, the exactly the kinds of things that are setting up the eventual one-world government that Antichrist will one day rule over. And so it's kind of paving the way. It's easy to see, and it's not a huge stretch. I mean, it used to be back in the day when you would tell people about Revelation, it sounded like you know science, science fiction, fiction or some right. sort of fantasy novel, and it's very sensational. But today, when you talk about these things, they're very doable. I mean, you see some of the technology or some of the global geopolitical chess pieces that have to be in place for Revelation to come to pass, and you go, whoa, these things are actually either happening or being propagated or proposed to happen right now. And so it's not far-fetched. We're not the people with the tinfoil hat. We're simply the people that are standing up and announcing the alarm. Jeff, isn't it true that President Donald Trump his America First agenda really upset the globalist agenda, and consequently he had to be removed from power. No, I think that's very true. When you think about the globalist agenda and how every nation needs to be on board, every nation needs to bow to the idea that there's a world crisis, we need to get on board, we need to dissolve our borders, we need to become one economically, we need to get rid of this and cast off this idea of nationalism, the globalist will characterize someone who is a nationalist as being like a goose-stepping German in the Second World War, and we're all singing, you know, Heil Hitler to mm-hmm. Trump kind of thing. But in reality, it's just being a good patriot. But yes, Donald Trump was the roadblock keeping the globalist agenda from seeping into America. And so he had to be removed. He had to be taken out of the way. And whether there was a, an actual stolen election or some other way, he was taken out of the way. And now this globalist puppet, Joe Biden, is in office, and we know that he's a puppet because all he does is spout this World Economic Forum agenda. The whole idea of Build Back Better was taken directly from the WF playbook. Biden was one of their keynote speakers in 2016. Even this past week when Joe Biden called upon gas stations to lower their prices so that the American people could get a break from these high gas prices, that very principle is taken out of the World Economic Forum's playbook because the idea is that they don't want businesses to make money. They only want the government and the elites to make money. 
So essentially, one of the things they say in their agenda is that, hey, maybe you should just give away your services as a business and just let the government kind of take care of you. So the things that he's saying, he's just simply spouting right out of what they're feeding him. Isn't it true that globalism will ultimately find fulfillment in the tribulation with the Antichrist one world government? Now, I think it will. I think that what we're seeing right now is the ramp up to that, and I don't know how far along in their agenda it will get before the rapture, but certainly I think it will be ultimately fulfilled and seen its fruition under Antichrist. And this is really becoming Satan's perfect storm. It's putting things in the world together to where all the people on the block are willing to play nice with each other and come together, but as you know, with any team, there has to be one quarterback, and the Bible says that the Antichrist will be that leader. Since the global community that was led by Nimrod at the Tower of Babel, hasn't Satan worked to get the world back under the rule of one man? Yeah, and it's very interesting, too, when you look back at Genesis 11, and you see Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, and it says they wanted to make a name for themselves, build a tower up to heaven, and of course, historically, we know those ziggurat-like structures usually had temples on the top of them, as if to get as close to the deity as they could. He was certainly a part of that. But God says, no, I don't want you to be a one-world government. I want you to scatter, like I told you to do in the beginning. And so they became not one kingdom, but kingdoms. And if you read in Luke chapter 4, when Satan was tempting Christ in the wilderness, it's very interesting. He offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, Mm -hmm. and then he says, because it's been given to me to have them. In other words, they are mine to give. And that's a legitimate offer. I mean, Christ didn't say, no, you don't have the kingdoms of the world. He recognized the fact that Satan was the god of this world, as Paul said. Jesus, in John 12, 31, called Satan the ruler of this world. And so these kingdoms, plural right now, are being ruled by Satan, but that's not enough for him. He wants them to be united so that he can rule them from one place and rule them through one man. And so the kingdoms are going to have to become the kingdom of the Antichrist, but as Revelation tells us, that there's going to be a point where God's going to say, no, I'm going to turn the kingdom of the world and the kingdoms over to my son, and he's going to reign in a millennial kingdom. The book is titled Global Reset by Jeff Kinley and Mark Hitchcock, and you can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. This is such a very great and timely topic. We're going to have Jeff back with us next time. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the program with me again today. Thank you. My pleasure. More details on the Global Reset from Jeff Kinley next time. Jeff Kinley and Mark Hitchcock's new book, Global Reset, will open readers' eyes and alert them to how world leaders are using the Great Reset agenda to seize pandemics, natural disasters and catastrophes, civil disorder, political unrest, and other current events to reshape every facet of life, all pointing toward the universal economy and godless global government of the Antichrist. Order Global Reset by Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley when you call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. And when you order Global Reset, be sure and ask how you can become a faithful friend of Watchmen on the Wall and help this ministry continue to bring uncensored information like what you're hearing today. 1-800-652-1144. Greg Patton comes now to share some keen insight 
into growing up then and now. Living in today's world, now and then. Have you ever heard this one? I used to walk to school every day. It was one mile uphill both ways. <laughs> My kids, oh, they brought that one up. And But seriously, growing up in Roanoke, Indiana, absolutely one way, exactly one mile from my front door to the front door of the school, Roanoke High School. Unless very inclement weather, dangerous weather, very rare, we walked it all the time. What in the world has happened to our kids today? I used to tease my kids, and it's now multiplied many times over with my grandchildren. They're living here, and I'm going to be taking them to school. What? They don't even want to walk out. <laughs> they would like for me to back the car into the carport so they don't have to walk too far to the curb, I mean. It is absolutely ridiculous out there, isn't it? We have gone soft in so many areas. And again, I just paused and said, how did it used to be all those years ago? And I know there are many of you in the audience right now that can identify as we do a little reminiscing of how life was. I grew up in the late 50s, in high school, in the 60s, and into college, and Things have certainly changed, and as I often say, this ain't your grandma's America. Things are so changing, and part of it, again, is how it is now versus the way it used to be in very simplistic terms. Like what? Well, let's just take clothing, for example. How in the world can you spend a few hundred dollars for gym shoes? In my day, it was Converse All-Stars. That was the big name. But they were cheap, and the stuff they're wearing today. Where did your clothes come from when you were a kid? My clothes came from Kmart and Goodwill. Most of them Goodwill. If mom bought something, it was on layaway until the day school started. Eating out at a restaurant, a thing every now and then. Fast food was leftovers at home. Remember eating a popsicle, such a treat on a hot day? We had those little fake cigarettes, uh, candy. You only needed a dollar or less. School was mandatory. You took your school clothes off as soon as you got home, put on those play clothes. If no one was home after school, you jumped to uh, the gate or went to the neighbors. Nobody paid for daycare because we had a key to the house when we got home. We ate dinner, always ate dinner at the table. That's a thing of the past in so many homes. Dinner at the table, what is that like? Well, maybe for the holidays. But by and large, it's on the run. We don't do that anymore. Our house phone was always being used. We played cops and robbers. One, two, three, not it. Red light, green light, hide and seek. Tag, kickball, dodgeball, all that stuff. We rode our bikes. Girls and boys played in the street or in the house. They came home when the street light came on and children were seen and not heard. Staying in the house was punishment and the only thing we knew about being bored. You better find something to do before I find it for you. We ate what mom and dad made for dinner. We ate it all or we ate nothing at all. There was no bottled water. We drank from the tap of the water hose because there was no coming in and out of the house consistently. 
Phone numbers and addresses were either memorized or written on a folded piece of paper. You kept it with you. We watched those cartoons on Saturday morning. Remember Captain Kangaroo? We rode our bikes for hours. We ran around the streets until dark, came home before Mom had to find us. We were afraid of nothing. We watched our mouths around elders because our parents would beat our, well, you know. Those were the good old days. Kids today will never know how it feels to be a real kid. They will never understand childhood. I loved it. I loved being a kid. It was just so very, very innocent back in those days. We never locked the cars. It's oftentimes left the keys in the ignition in front of that. Never locked the doors to our home there in Roanoke, Indiana. They don't do that anymore. Being a kid. You know, the Bible says, lest you come to God as a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's how we've got to do it. We've got to really humble ourselves at some point and say, I realize that I'm a sinner, God, in need of a Savior. You know, all through my younger years and into the first part of high school, I went to the Brethren Church there in Roanoke, Indiana. Mom and Dad never went, but they dropped me off. But I'm grateful that they did that because I learned an awful lot of stuff that would come back and help me at age 27. I was a man. And I realized that I needed Jesus Christ as my Savior. Maybe you're there today, my friend. Maybe you have reminisced with me a bit here on the program, living in today's world. And you remember how it used to be. But how is it now? I thank God at age 27, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. It was like getting lit out of a shoebox in the middle of a parking lot. I began to live for the very first time lest he come as a little child. Humble yourself today. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. He'll do that, he said. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that great? That is you, my friend. Call on him today. Ask him to save you, and he'll do exactly that. Hey, we don't have any problems today. I talk a lot about that on my regular show, what's happening in the world today and the new America and a flood of evil and all of that. But you know what? We have no problems. We only have opportunities. Get it? Opportunities to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Why not do it today, my friend? God bless. Today's featured resource is the brand new book, Global Reset by Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley. In Global Reset, you'll discover the Great Reset Agenda that sets the stage for the end-time scenario prophesied in Scripture. You'll also learn how China and other great nations are beginning to play a dominant role in international, socioeconomic, and political dynamics. You'll learn about possible scenarios regarding America in the end times and what believers can do to stem the tide of decline and God's Great Reset, planned for planet Earth and humanity, the millennial reign of Christ. Order copies for you and your loved ones. Order Global Reset today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order Global Reset online, swrc.com. Jeff Kenley returns tomorrow to continue his look at the Global Reset. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.